0: Sneaker Love, a podcast paying tribute to our mutual love of sneakers. The game may be flawed, but the love and culture will always be pure. And now, your host with Sneaker Love, Maddie Ice. What's up everyone? Welcome back to Sneaker Love with Maddie Ice. Much love to you and much love to everybody who's listening to this show right now or in the middle of the holidays. Christmas is right around the corner. And we got some fun stuff. So before we get started, a little bit of business. First of all, if you want to connect with me, Instagram, the handle is Matty Ice Sneakers. On Twitter, the handle is Matty Ice Media. And MattyIcemedia.com is your one-stop shop for all of the Matty Ice Media podcasts that either I'm a part of or that we support. And God willing, we will be adding more this coming new year. So the holiday season. Last episode, I talked about Soul Savvy. I talked about building community and I talked about how it's much needed in today's sneaker world that it really doesn't matter what shoes you like. What really matters is that we're all out here trying to build a community and we're trying to bring back whatever it is that's missing from today's sneaker world. We're so focused on turning a profit. We're so focused on being able to get shoes so other people can know that we have them. But at the end of the day, it's about the people that are around us and building that community. But one thing that we talk about this time of month, I mean, excuse me, this time of year is the Jordan 11. The Jordan 11 is probably one of the most unique sneakers in the main Jordan lineage, however many there are. I think we're at 36 now. Interestingly enough, the Jordan 11 is probably or could be considered the black sheep of that particular family, mainly because it looks so different than so many of the others that came before it. Why do I mention the Jordan 11? Well, the Jordan 11 is very iconic. It's probably, it could be considered, perhaps this is a controversial take, but it could be considered one of the most popular Jordans of all time. In terms of silhouette, I think I've said that the Jordan 1 is probably the most popular. I think it's mostly the most popular among, let's say, casual sneaker heads. I think it's a lot easier to wear. Certainly Jordan brand and Nike give it a lot more push. You see a lot more Jordan 1 colorways because they have come out with Jordan 1 mids now. And that is a great way for a lot of people to get into sneakers, I think, because it's a lot more accessible. Most of the, I don't want to say OG, but I think a lot of more intense sneaker heads generally tend to go for either highs or lows. I think mids are seen as a very, I don't even, want, I don't even know how to describe it, but a lot of people don't like mids. I don't particularly wear mids because of the way that they hit my foot. They have rubbed off a lot of hair around my ankles, and so I just don't wear them. And I have found the materials to be a little bit cheap. But today, if you look at casual sneaker wearers, you're probably not gonna see a lot of casual sneakerheads wearing Jordan 11s. First of all, they don't come out with Jordan 11s very often there's really not that many that come out in a calendar year because they don't have, like, general release Jordan 11s the way that they do for the Jordan 1 mids, things of this nature. So the Jordan 11s are very special in the lineage because of that. And this time of year, Jordan brand always does a release of Jordan 11s at the holiday season. Mainly, I think they do either a retro. I think last year they came out with something brand new. But a lot of times, most sneakerheads can can anticipate there being a retro release. This year it was the Cool Gray 11s, which I actually was able to get a pair of. It was one of the, I, I couldn't even believe it. It was like, I got a win on sneakers? That's crazy. But I think sneakerheads that are my age, so I'm 38, I'm gonna be 39 in February. I grew up in the 90s. I was old enough to appreciate Michael Jordan's career, or at least the six championships as, that are a part of Michael Jordan's career. So as a sneakerhead, I can relate to the shoes that Michael actually wore. Many, many, many of the younger sneakerheads today weren't alive when Michael Jordan was playing basketball. So do they really know which shoes Michael wore, which shoes he didn't wear? What are the history behind it? I mean, everybody can obviously go on Google and look up this stuff. So it's not as if the history is completely lost in every sneakerhead out there, but a lot of the old heads. And I talked about this last time. I think that there's so many people who have been collecting and wearing sneakers for far longer than I have. And they were kids when these things came out. They remember getting them. Those stories of family members, parents sacrificing to go get them the pair of Jordans that they wanted, they remember those things. And a lot of these folks can remember when these shoes came out. So in the mid-90s, when Jordan was in the height of his career, he was in the height of winning championships, the Jordan the Jordan line had taken off at this point. And now Nike was trying to make a shoe that not only would appeal to the masses, of course, but was mostly appealing to Michael Jordan because at the end of the day, Michael was still playing and Michael had to sign off on these things. So the Jordan 11, they pitched it to him sometime in like 1993. And obviously it was nowhere near a finished product. It was nowhere near what it was going to look like. But Michael fell in love with it immediately. And so when they had the final meeting with him, because they were coming out with clothing clothing lines with it, they were coming out with a whole bunch of stuff very similar to the way that they do business today. While it probably wasn't on the same global scale the way that it is today, like there's so many clothing releases that come out with just about every collaboration. Uh, They don't come out with Jordans as as often anymore unless it's a Jordan collaboration, Off-White, Travis Scott, Fragment, anything like that. But back in the day, they were trying to sell the apparel that went with it because obviously Michael Jordan was seen in all of these products. So he loved it so much that Michael Jordan actually debuted it a lot earlier than Nike actually wanted him to. And there's nothing wrong with that per se, but that just shows you what or how special the Jordan 11 is in the lineage because it's Michael Jordan's favorite. Is it Michael Jordan's favorite today now that he's not playing? actually I have no idea but nike and jordan brand still make him shoes that he wears those ones that came out the center courts i think they're like a they're a casual tennessee sort of a shoe they're not really jordan's they are you know jordan brand but they're certainly not a part of the the, of the bigger lineage but where he is in his life today he wears those they're more casual comfortable but they made those for him and he debuted them without debuting them of course in the last dance documentary so in in this way jordan has done this quite often but with the Jordan 11s, I think he wore either the Breads or the Concords. I can't remember. He wore them in the Eastern Conference semifinals in 1995. And he got the attention of a lot of people. He got the attention of the people on the court, first of all. Because even back then, players wanted to wear the best shoes. And while all the players didn't have a player edition or a PE or a signature shoe the way that a lot of them do now, they, they knew. And after he wore them during those playoffs, other players on the Bulls started to wear them as well. So they started to catch fire from an aesthetic perspective and from a performance perspective. And then, of course, it caught the eye of so many people watching at home. Now, at that point, Jordan Brand was, what, 10 or 11 years into their run? So people started to collect them. They started to get a lot bigger. It became a little bit more of, I guess it more closely resembles what it is today. And that is what? It's a culture. Sneakers are a culture. And obviously, Michael Jordan was at the pinnacle of that culture, Prior to though, sneakers, and I, I think I, I've done this in like the Adidas episode, but there's other companies obviously as well. Back in the day, Puma, of course, Adidas, of course, Reebok, um, Converse, and a lot of these were owned by Nike now, or owned by some of the big conglomerates. But back in the day, these were all they, these were sneaker companies, and while some of these were providing shoes for athletic endeavors, they weren't what they are today. They weren't really performance the way that we know them today. A lot of players in the NBA in the 60s and 70s wore the same shoe. And when Michael Jordan came on the court with the Jordan 1, it immediately caught the eye of everybody on TV. Immediately caught the eye of everybody on the court. And that's exactly what the Jordan 11 did 10 years after the Jordan 1 debuted. When you go back and look at the history of the Jordan 11 and you start reading some of the interviews about how it came about, the impetus for how it came about, what you realize is that the designers knew it was something special, but they also knew that it was a huge deviation from what had been done before. And that for a lot of people, just if you look at it aesthetically, it could be almost considered the black sheep of the Jordan canon, mainly because of how different it is almost all of the shoes up until that point had had most of the same types of materials we're talking soft leathers here the jordan 11 deviated from that so much and mainly i think because the way that they presented the 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 prototype to michael was all the different materials that would be used on it, and i think that's what caught his eye so the first thing that stands out about the jordan 11 to me is its use of patent leather that's by far the the trait on the Jordan 11 that stands out the most. Now, they have made Jordan 11s. I think there was one a few years back called like the Platinums or something. I really like those. They were extremely clean. They did not have patent leather on them because the patent leather to me has never really spoken to me. And there's a little bit of a maybe a controversial take. I've not really been much of a Jordan 11 guy, but much like how I'm not that big into the Beatles, I understand the significance in the history of music. And I certainly understand the history of the Jordan 11 in today's current sneaker market. And that's kind of what this whole show has been about so far. But the 11 stood out because they use this patent leather around the toe. And it's become an iconic look now. You've seen so many of the colorways that are out there. And even today, a lot of athletes are still wearing Jordan 11s. They make a lot more low tops these days, but you just see a lot more of them out there. They're a shoe that I think can still work. And if players can get their hands on them, especially since they have a lot more money and resources than, say, I do, they obviously can wear them a lot more. And I think they have become something that has been more fashionable. Um, I have the cool grays and I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do with them, but I think that I could wear them again. the, The patent leather threw me off at first, but when I got them in hand, and this actually speaks to the next point, the materials on them were shockingly better than I thought that they would be. When I see patent leather a lot of times, and perhaps this is maybe a cultural thing or what, I think of it as cheap. For some reason patent leather comes off as cheap and when I look at a shoe I don't find it aesthetically beautiful it makes me feel as if I've gotten something a little bit janky. Perhaps it's the way people feel about replicas, that they think that they're getting whatever they used to know at a flea market and really what they're getting is possibly a better made product than what Nike gives you, but that's a completely different thing. But the patent leather kind of goes to a soft leather, and I was a little bit taken aback by it. Like when I looked at the Cool Grays in hand, I had never held a pair of 11s before because, again, it really wasn't my thing, and when I saw the types of materials, this, the fatten leather to the soft leather, and then you had that sort of a nylon. And on the cool grays, is really almost like a, it's a soft nubuckish. ish And then there's the nylon lace, you know, the lace holes. And then there's the type of rope laces. And then you get back to that sort of like neoprene-esque material on the heel. And all of these things sort of come together in what ends up being a beautiful marriage of different materials. And it really, if you think about it, is very much a precursor to a lot of the the types of shoes that we see today where using different types of materials is actually so much more common than it ever used to be and i like that part about it i like the fact that it sort of pays well it sort of is the it's not a starting point, like it's not the big bang for all of that, but it certainly was so different back then. And now it's not, I mean, it's commonplace now. People do it all the time. Companies do it all the time. It's actually cool when you use multiple materials because people seem to like that. And actually, by using multiple materials, it makes it a little bit harder to replicate or or would if the replica market wasn't so great. And so there's something about the Jordan 11 that has always stood out to sneakerheads. It's always going to be coveted, even though it's 25 or 26 years old now. I think it was the 25th anniversary, yeah, 25th anniversary in 2020. So it's 26 years old now, and it's still showing no signs. Like every Jordan 11 sells out, whether it's a women's exclusive, whether it's low top, high top, you name it. They figured it out. It actually makes me wonder if at some point we're going to get a Jordan 11 mid that's going to be a GR type of a thing. Because I think if you're looking at the most popular Jordans that would be bought today by even your casual sneaker wearer, I do believe that Jordan 11s would be bought. Because I think Jordan 11s are so technologically sound that they can still work in today's market. Like the Jordan 1... The Jordan 1 was great for basketball back in the day. I think its traction pattern is wonderful. But I don't think the technology holds up today because really, it's a lack of technology, especially compared to what they can do now. Carbon fibers, all those different things that they put in there, it's crazy. But the Jordan 11, I think, could have a place in history or a place in sneaker markets today where you could, this is such a crazy concept, but actually walk into a store and buy a Jordan 11, much the way that you can a Jordan mid. I don't see many Jordan mids sort of selling out and I think it also is such a, a key piece to the history of sneakers, especially the Jordan brand, because of the fact that it's Michael Jordan's favorite, because of the fact that it's in Space Jam. The Jordan 11 actually got a lot of traction out there, and it got a lot of traction a little bit more than I think some of the others. And obviously, the Jordan 4 was in you know Spike Lee's movie, but it wasn't worn on Michael Jordan's feet like Space Jam, the Space Jam colorway he wore in the movie. That was the first time I believe that anybody had seen that colorway and it's such a unique marketing thing that there, that he was able to do back then and it's really the way that a lot of things work today. I mean most of the time we see shoes that are rumored to release you know Travis Scott's out there wearing them or Kanye has worn all the samples to the Yeezy Two, like we've seen them all and Really, the Jordan 11 was kind of the start of a lot of that. But when I look back at the colorways, these are the ones that stand out to me. First of all, the cool grays, obviously I own those I'm a little bit biased to them, but I've always loved the cool gray, whatever you want to call it. Maybe not the Jordan nine, but the cool gray threes. I've liked the fours. I own the fives are awesome. And now I own the 11s and I've always loved the cool gray aesthetic. I've loved the color. There's just something about it. That's very clean. It's very subtle. But there's a pop to it on these 11s with that icy outsole man you're always gonna get me there then of course there's the space jams now the space jams i really like mainly because they're in the movie but they're again subtle they're not crazy they got a little bit more patent leather on them than i would prefer so i wouldn't ever rock them or wear them but those those stand out i think the most famous ones are probably the concords and for good reason those are the ones he's worn in the playoffs obviously they're just a classic look now the concord leather or the patent leather looks black but i think it's like a blackish purple but again you got the different materials on it and i kind of regret not buying a pair in 2018 when that was the one that came out um, as, a, as a retro this time of year and i just didn't really like it i didn't really understand it and i really should have i really should have gone out for it of course there's the breads black and reds i mean you're gonna get breads for every single jordan basically because that's a classic chicago Everybody's gonna love it. And he wore it in the playoffs, of course. He wore it when he won an NBA championship, I think. So people are gonna gravitate toward it. And then there's one that always stands out, and I don't know how to say it, but it's like the patones or the patones or something like that, where I think they're the Carolina blue, like they're all Carolina blue. I think they're pretty rare, but I've always liked those because I think anything Carolina blue looks really great. And for some reason, the Carolina blue on this particular silhouette works really, really well. So those are the ones that stand out to me. But Did you try to go out for the cool grays or 11s for you? I know a lot of new sneakerheads today aren't necessarily into 11s because 11s really haven't had like the famous collaboration treatment yet. And I think sometimes that's what gets people going. And I've said that about the Jordan 2, that we're going to start to see a little bit more traction. Obviously, the Off-White 2 started it. Now we're seeing Union is going to release some 2s. Are we going to see that with the 11s? Now, we never saw that with Virgil. I think Virgil would have eventually touched 11s, and maybe that would have continued where it is right now, but I do wonder if the future of Jordan 11s actually revolves around making it more accessible, because I think it is one of the more popular Jordans, and I think would continue to be worn by kids today, mainly because I think that it works for basketball playing. Like, if my son were to play basketball, and I could get him a pair of Jordan 11s, and I knew that they were good basketball shoes, and they were also cool looking, I probably would do that for him. So Nike, if you're listening, make that happen. Make it a reality. Um, the Jordan 11 is very important. And we have spent a lot of time, we spent a lot of episodes laying out what's important in sneakers. And this shoe is important because again, it's it's tied to Tinker Hatfield. It's a Tinker Hatfield creation. And how many does he, you know, how many shoes doesn't he have his hands on is really the question. It's amazing how many of the shoes that he has been a part of, that he has designed that have caught fire. And I think obviously being on Michael Jordan's shoes helps a lot. But again, the Jordan 11, it was completely different than what anybody had ever seen. And in my mind, it was probably more an original piece of artwork for him than, say, the Jordan 3 was, because I still love to look at the Jordan 2 and the Jordan 3 and find those similarities. And he continued to build on that. Now, you could maybe say that he had done some unique things with, say, the 6, maybe the 7, something like that. But the 11s for some reason caught Michael's eye so much that he continued that he wore them early, and I think that that speaks volumes. Anyway, the Jordan 11. If you're going out for it, good luck. I have a pair of cool grays. I'm pretty happy with them. Actually, the QC is a little bit wonky, but either way, it's iconic. And I think it will always have an iconic place in the sneaker world. So we are very, very close to Christmas. Um, I'm sure a lot of you are trying to find gifts for your favorite sneaker head. Uh, that probably doesn't include me, but uh, it's almost impossible to buy gifts for a sneaker head these days because there's nothing friggin' available. It's almost impossible to get shoes. It's crazy. And that's why I did my episode on Soul Savvy last week, obviously because they're building community, but of course they're trying to help people like me, suckers like me get shoes for friggin' retail. And if you wanna buy a pair of shoes for your favorite sneaker head out there, you're gonna to need to do some drastic things because it's impossible. But again, at the end of the day, it's who you're with, not what you have. So spend the time with your loved ones, spend your spend the time with the people around you in the sneaker community that you can relate with, that you can make memories with, I guess, and who you can just share that same love as sneakers because that's the whole point of sneakers in my mind and that's the whole point of this podcast, sneaker love. So I hope everybody has a great week. I will talk to you next week. Next week will be our last episode before Christmas. And so maybe we'll get into a few of the Christmas colorways that we have out there. Some of my favorites because there certainly are some fun ones. And unfortunately, they're difficult to get, but they are they are hella fun. So take care, everybody. Sneaker love from Matty Ice. Peace. The opinions and viewpoints expressed on Sneaker Love with Matty Ice are those of Matty Ice and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. The Maddie Ice Media Network does not condone the purchase or sale of any counterfeit goods. Sneaker Love with Matty Ice is exclusively owned by Matty Ice and is brought to you by the Maddie Ice Media Network.